Hello and welcome to another episode of Long Overdue, a Franklin Library podcast. I'm Sam. I'm Sarah. And I'm Andy. And we're all librarians at the Franklin Public Library and we're going to talk about uh, some books that we've read recently. Um, I'll kick us off with a bestseller from a few years ago, Little Fires Everywhere by Celeste Ng. Have either of you read Little Fires Everywhere? I have not, but I've been putting it on hold for people because apparently <laughs> it's on Netflix. It's Is it on Netflix? It's on or a Hulu? something. It... I think it might be Hulu. Hulu? Some streaming service, yes. yeah. So it must be good if it's been turned into a series. Yeah, and that's it's been on my list to be read for a long time since it came out. It was one of those books that just had a million people on hold for it, so the lines were really long. So I always put it off, and I feel like a lot of people are in the same boat as me. Yeah, I'm, I'm one of them. Yeah, I, I want to read that. And also her previous book, too. Everything I Never Told You, yeah. which I can also talk about because I'm a huge fan of that as well. Um, so I was thinking, is it really worth it? It's been so long now, I've kind of lost interest. But then I saw it was being made into a TV show, and I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Not a lot of people are waiting for it now. It's pretty easy to get a copy. And it is, in my opinion, definitely worth it. Um, it's about a mother and a daughter who moved to kind of like a, it's not a gated community, but it kind of has that feel to it where um, it's a planned community is what they say in Ohio and everything's perfect and everyone's happy and everything. And um, Does it have that Stepford vibe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so very like perfect little town in Central America vibe. Um, and the mother and daughter who come are not at all that. The mother is very eclectic. She's a photographer. Um, the daughter is um, definitely like her mother. They're used to moving every year, every other year. Um, and she tells her daughter, this, is, this time we're gonna stay. Like, let's put our roots down, like we're done hopscotching around the US. Um, and so she makes friends, um, with some neighbors down the road, and, um, she gets involved with them and in the school life, which she's never really done, because she always knew at the end of the year we're probably gonna move, or I might get two years and then we're gonna move, so I'm not gonna bother making a bunch of friends and then going through that heartbreak. Um, so, I don't want to spoil it, but a lot of stuff happens. There's a lot of drama, a lot of like intrigue in in this small town USA, um, and and they eventually do end up moving, but the way they get there is kind of crazy. It's really really good writing, um, but I still think a lot of general readers would like it. It's almost literary, but definitely um, like accessible to general readership. So is it like a mystery suspense type of thing? Uh, I wouldn't go so far as mystery, but it, it is one of those. It starts at the end and then uh. flashes back to the beginning and then describes. So it kind of ruins the ending right away. Um, it, it, the first scene is that um, uh, somebody's house is on fire mm -hmm. and they say, oh, I know it was this person and they look for um, the mother and daughter and they're nowhere to be seen, so they know that they fled um, the city. 
And then it starts from when they first move into that city. Um, so you kind of know how it ends, but then it's all about how how they get there. So it kind of builds up the tension throughout yes. the story then. So it just kind of tightens yeah. each, each little incident or whatever. Right. And so that's um, the title, Little Fires Everywhere. Um, Celeste Ng is very clever with it. And, yeah, she starts little fires all over, and they slowly burn and build until it kind of all culminates like right at the end. Real little fires? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Real little <laughs> fires. Like arsonist little Everyone. fires. Right. Oh, now yeah. it's, like, right up my alley. So yeah. this is one that I know uh, there are a lot of books that they first come out, get a ton of praise. Everyone starts requesting um, the waiting lists for the physical books are super long. The e-books are super long. You, you can't get your hands on it for months at the earliest. It's totally worth it to wait for those. Um, and this one in particular, if you took your name off the list or never put it on in the first place, definitely hop on hop on the trend because it's worth it. I'd be interested to see like if you end up watching the series on mm-hmm. the streaming service, like what you think in comparison. Because sometimes I know like mm-hmm. it changes between the book and like the series so I'd be interested to know how like closely it follows stuff yeah. it kind of depends on how much they if they decide to try to expand upon the story of the book mm-hmm. also you know and add more seasons and right seasons. yeah so that's that's my fear with tv series is when they start adding a bunch of series or seasons to it and you know it's not going to last the whole storyline mm-hmm. but yeah it'll be definitely be interesting uh, Sarah, what did you read? Okay, so I read... I have to grab the book. Name Drop, The Really Good Celebrity Stories I Usually Only Tell at Happy Hour by Ross Matthews. And um, if you don't know who he is, the only way I really knew about him was from as Ross the Intern on the Jay Leno Show, or The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I don't know. Okay. You know what so, I'm saying? Like, that he was, was, that he was, was going to be my first question is yeah. who is this guy? So he is, um, he was an intern, he was Ross the intern. He would be like sent out to like little events and he would be like the one talking to like celebrities. Um, that's the only way I really knew of him. I knew he was funny. Um, he's been like judges on some shows before. Um, he was on The View, which I found out for a little bit. Um, what I really like about him though is from reading these celebrity encounters that he's had, he really doesn't bash anyone. He is very nice. He um, he kind of tells it what it is with humorously without hurting anyone's feelings, which sometimes mm-hmm. when you're a funny person like that, mm-hmm. that's kind of hard to do. But he does it very well, and he never wants to cause harm or anything. Like, Kardashians are in here. And he even explained at one point, like, he was trying... He made, he poked fun at them, but not really mm-hmm. on The View on one episode. And so in this book, it's just really great. So there's like just like a bunch of different like celebrities that he discusses, like Beyonce is in here. Like I said, the Kardashians, um, his encounter with the Barbara Walters, that was kind <laughs> of interesting. Um, I really like humor, reading humor, mm-hmm. and these are like just like a bunch of different essays, and um, I listened to this highly recommend listening to it i also highly recommend reading it because it comes with cocktail recipes 
and other recipes. <laughs> he calls them recipes. So like, oh, here's geez. one of the recipes, and it's spelled like R O S S I P E. Um, PB and Jealous Crumbled Dream Bars, and it, it's like a peanut butter and jelly bar, and it sounds so Ooh. good. Mm. Yeah, and then like he names his drinks like um, well there was what was the Barbara Walters one? I'm only like. Barbara Walters old fashioned with extra bitters. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and little like I would say most of the recipes are more appetizer-y and like cocktail okay. friendly, but um like I'm really glad I had a physical copy of the book and I listened to it cuz mm-hmm. like yeah, listening to a recipe on Audible isn't really that great. Really exciting. <laughs> but um, but hearing the titles of them, I'm like, "Oh my gosh, this is, sounds hilarious." And mm-hmm. um then you could always like go to the book and like look up the recipes too. And actually, like if you get the physical audiobook, you get like a little disc that comes with it. Although, like I don't have any like way to play the disc. Yeah, <laughs> that's not in my vehicle because right. it's a computer. So, um, but yeah, it was just really entertaining. I like to be entertained, especially when I'm listening to books. So, I highly recommend this. So, are these like? little like anecdotal stories like each chapter is a different story or are they like each chapter is like an essay with stories in it i would say they're anecdotal stories so like he was in big brother where he meets omarosa so um that's his experience (laughs) (laughs) big brother where he kind of rehashes i don't want to like spoil anything because everyone should read this book because it's that good um and we all need a little humor right now so um oh what's hers her Amorosa Mimosa is hers. <laughs> What's her, her recipe? Um, ooh, reality TV dinner. Eh, okay. So, um, yeah, I really funny. I really like Ross Matthews now. <laughs> I think Sorry. a lot of people would recognize him if they could see the picture on the front of the book. Oh, too. yeah. I, like, yeah. They definitely you, you... know him from, from The Tonight Show. Yeah, and he's, like I said, he's been on a lot of other reality TV shows, too, like Big Brother. Like, I okay. never really watched Big Brother, but I know that he was in it. Okay. Um, and, um, <laughs> but, like, the recipe for the Kardashians is Kardashians with a kick. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just, like, little quirky things like that. Um... I really just put a smile on my face as I was reading it. Um, really funny. Which is always good. And like Rosie O'Donnell, <laughs> and like um, NBC sent him to like the Winter Olympics one year, so um, mm. he was interviewing mm. people at the Winter Olympics. Okay. So and meeting like Rosie O'Donnell, it's just so sweet to hear like how much it means to him. Like he mm. Rosie, he like idolized Rosie, and then they became really good friends. Oh, so it's that's just nice. like really sweet <laughs> to see him like hear his stories and how he met and became these friends like his fiance story yeah. oh my god I don't want to spoil that that was just super awesome can you like easily pick and choose <sighs> essays or is there like a narrative that kind of runs through it or is it pretty no. separated you could definitely just read the individual stories and like, like pick and choose if you want to which you wouldn't want to because they're all amazing <laughs> but like like his Lady Gaga story um like I almost cried when I listened yeah. to that one from sure. like being funny and being so sweet, like. which is good because I, I, I find it hard to read things about people that you're like maybe not a huge fan about. Like if you don't really listen to Lady Gaga's music or anything, but if the story is still funny, even if you're not a huge Lady Gaga fan, that's 
that's good to know. And it was, like, sweet, too. And, yeah. like, I'm a sucker for sweet. And, like, <laughs> I don't really follow, like, The Real Housewives at all. And I think one of the essays is, um, one of his stories is about a real housewife, um, Brandy Glanville. I don't really know anything about no her. I don't follow. <laughs> but just, I could in- still enjoy her story, even though, like, I don't really care about her yeah. or her life. Um, it was still entertaining to listen to. Um, it actually made me want to read his first book called Man Up, which I am currently listening to right now. Oh, okay. And um, also a really great book so far. So I, um, if you need something funny and if you like pop culture references, um, Name Drop would really be right up your alley. And then you can always make a recipe. A recipe. A recipe. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved it. Awesome. What about you, Andy? Well... Um, you know, we, we don't really ever plan with each other, uh, on what books we're discussing, but I have one that's, you know, kind of related. It's, you know, entertainment business. Uh, it's called The Castle on Sunset, Life, Death, Love, Art, and Scandal at Hollywood's Chateau Marmont, which is the uh, historical, uh, hotel in West Hollywood. Um, that has quite a reputation for scandal, and yeah, that <laughs> so it's very familiar. Like, oh I've yeah, heard it before. Yeah, but oh I yeah, don't know it's where. it's a very famous hotel. Um, it opened in February of 1929, actually as an apartment building. Um, but of course, as we all know from history, 1929 wasn't a great year probably to do anything uh, financially. So in October of 1929, when the stock market crashed, that just did not help things with the whole uh, starting of the business of the Chateau Marmont. And a few years later, the uh, person who built it sold it, and then that's the person who decided to actually make it into a hotel. Um, even though it does kind of specialize in long, long stays, like that's kind of the thing that they're mm-hmm. you know somewhat known for is you know actors come into town and they'll stay at the Chateau Marmont for months while they're making a film oh, or sure. uh, a lot of times uh, write screenwriters will get a room or a suite there and write films lots of famous movies have been written at, by people who've stayed there um, so it's really and it's kind of got an eclectic design too it doesn't look like a hotel hardly it's built to look like a french chateau uh you know a castle and Mm -hmm. so there's the rooms and suites are all different sizes and different designs so it's it's you know really more in a lot of ways homier than um than a normal hotel but um so yeah so they've had all sorts of uh scandalous behavior going on there in addition to all of the artistic efforts uh, as well like um, like one of the earliest big scandals was the uh, actress Jean Harlow who moved in there with her third husband and uh, she was 22 at the time so you know yeah oh, geez. <laughs> she, yeah she lived a pretty um, pretty wild life and um, so there were uh, lots of visitors to her room who weren't her husband, let's say it that way. And, you know, he, he wasn't necessarily on his best behavior either. 
And uh, finally they did move out. She got sick and in fact it turned out um, that she had appendicitis and had to go be rushed oh. to the hospital. Oh, wow. And so that just kind of kind of kicked off the end of their marriage. Sure. Um, <laughs> but, you know, it was a big, big scandal at the time. Um, so that was kind of like their first really big one. And mm-hmm. uh, on the other hand, it is known for being very discreet and private, though, too. Oh, so that's good. You kind of you can have a scandal there, but um, that's not really exactly the norm. And the the hotel um, tries to help anyone who's staying there, celebrities especially, to ha- have kind of a private stay. But um, one of the other ones that was kind of interesting was uh, the film director Nicholas Ray, who. Uh, at least for me, I would say is most famous for his movie uh, Rebel Without a Cause. Okay. And so he uh, did some of the pre-production work on that, and they had rehearsals in the Chateau Marmont uh, while uh, while they were getting ready to make the movie. Um, he had an affair with his star Natalie Wood, who was still in her teens when oh, they. Geez. Oh, wow. <laughs> Oh no! How much did it cost <laughs> to like? That you know, it does occasionally talk about some costs, but it it's it's a lot. It's I couldn't yeah. afford yeah. it. Uh, no, no, no. Sounds no. like it's for the like high money, yes. L.A. Hollywood, absolutely elite, absolutely <laughs> stay for Crumbled and the, the prices. Yeah, I'm sure. So um, so yeah, so they have a. a couple of pictures from from that era in the book it was kind of an interesting one where it's just a bun it's the main cast just sitting around in his bungalow you know reading from the script um so that's kind of cool so there's lots of stories like that uh, he was kind of famous for his parties um that took place there as well you know with all sorts of deviant behavior you know <laughs> such as bongo playing oh no you know, so it was, it was really crazy bongo? yeah in addition in addition to other things happening but it was yeah bongo uh, what, playing. what like time frame is this is well this that would like have been 50s, in the 50s yeah okay. this would have been in the 50s so, so i think the that that course of this castle yes so okay. this right so the book is a is a really a full history of the um of the hotel so it starts even a little bit before it was built talking about what it's in West Hollywood, um, so talking about what West Hollywood was like back then, which was basically uh, farmland, a lot of it, and um, then that's really near Beverly Hills and then Hollywood, so mm-hmm. right along in that area. So it's a kind of an interesting story of that area, and then it goes all the way up to today. So um, there's some incidents in the 60s, like they were... Um, Lots of wild behavior on the Sunset Strip. It's right on Sunset Boulevard, so um, it's right at one uh, end of the Sunset Strip, basically. Um, and of course, the most infamous incident really was uh, when the actor uh, John Belushi died. That was where he That's passed right. away. So after several days of partying and. And, he died uh, there. Yes. 
In Castle Marmot? Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, he was in one of the bungalows. That's what he had uh, rented. <laughs> and uh, yes, he died of a drug overdose there at the chateau. And that was shocking. Oh, I, yeah. I, mean, I can yeah. I can actually remember that. And yeah, it was quite a shock because he was a, he was a huge star mm-hmm. then. And so that's really probably the the most famous you know incident that that happened there um but yeah it's still you know a hollywood institution the chateau marmont i mean there's mm-hmm. people still stay there um and i would say the the book is really written in an entertaining style it's um mm-hmm. a little bit trashy but also really well written <laughs> so like so there's so, right so it's you know i mean that's kind of one of the things that the place is known for is the scandal so well i think sometimes with like history books like they can bog me down when i read them mm-hmm. and like i majored in history so um anything to kind of keep it more entertaining i think is always good so making the book more colloquial and oh yeah, yeah interesting is oh yeah no the, you know great most for the, the everyday reader pretty much all the incidents are pretty interesting and there's only a few that really are much more than a you know, half a dozen pages long. So, okay. obviously, yeah, the Nicholas Ray story and the John Belushi story are kind of a couple of the longer ones, but most of them are just kind of, um, you know, shorter uh, anecdotes. So, it keeps moving along pretty That's quickly, good. too. That's but good. there's also, but he really took a whole um, detailed look at the place. Like, you do get a little bit of an idea of what each of the owners was kind of trying to do with it as far as um you know how they marketed the place or mm-hmm. how they uh kept it up or you know how much they were trying to um build up its reputation or anything like that so it's it's kind of even got some bits of uh business in information too so it's it's really mm-hmm. a very um really well-rounded history so that's good yeah that's that's uh, nice to know that it's not just like the gossipy kind of stories right. but also like the history of the building and ownership and stuff so yeah so the it. yeah so the author <laughs> give me more gossip <laughs> yeah so the author sean levy really did you know you can tell he did his research because mm-hmm. you know there's just so much that he just throws in there that's that's obviously not something that um he would know or somebody would just tell you he really did some research on this as well and he's written a number of other books about uh kind of classic hollywood okay stuff as well so some biographies and such so cool awesome yeah sounds really good yeah well okay so i have another book i want to talk about but before i do that I said I was going to talk about everything I never told you and then completely forgot about it. So I'm just going to do a quick thing. Mm -hmm. Um, That's also by Celeste Ng. It's also like a family drama um, story. Both Little Fires Everywhere and Everything I Never Told You are pretty heavy, like, sad, kind of depressing reads. (laughs) So if you're in the mood for something kind of heavy, they're great. If you want something uplifting, I would... Uh, read name drop yeah read name drop and then come back to one of those (laughs) but they're both really really good and and people should take a chance at both of them when they're ready for them Uh, the other book I want to talk about though is also kind of a light book it's The Jesus Cow by Michael Perry 
Um, he's a Wisconsin-born uh, author. Um, he lives in Wisconsin with his family still. Um, he wrote Population 485, mm -hmm. um, which is a memoir that he wrote about his time um, uh, as a volunteer fireman and paramedic oh. in a small town, Wisconsin. Um, and that book has everything. It's really funny. It's really sad. It's, um, like, inspirational, thought-provoking. It's just all around a great book. Um, and he writes a lot of kind of memoirs, essays, nonfiction type stuff. Um, but The Jesus Cow is a novel he wrote. Hmm. And the basic plot line is it's a fictional town in Wisconsin. Um, and the main character... Um, has some cows one of them gives birth and he sees the image of Jesus Christ as one of its cow spots and he immediately goes oh no that's not good <laughs> <laughs> and and the reason he's concerned is because he knows it'll draw attention to him and his farm and he just wants to live a quiet life in central Wisconsin um, so he goes through all these lengths to cover it up so no one sees it please tell me he paints on the cow. He paints on oh the my cow God, I just with it. shoe polish. <laughs> oh. Well, at least it's shoe um, polish, I guess. I'm not like. Yeah, but of course the shoe polish is old and dry, so it doesn't spread very easily. He um, gets involved with a woman in his life, and so she's around a lot. So he has to keep covering the cow spot up, and uh, everything always goes wrong for him. Uh, so it's always very funny of how he tries to do something and then it goes wrong and he has to explain it away and just digs himself a deeper hole um it also talks about his best friend who he calls right away to to ask his advice on how to do the cow and his friend says go commercial get a get a lawyer in here get a publicist right. let's make some money because um, like, this is modern times, right? Yeah, so I'm like, this yeah. Should all be so over it's Instagram. And... Yeah, so like you can you could create a Jesus Cow Facebook page yeah, I was and thinking, like I do that, and it eventually happens, and there's more hilarity that ensues once that all gets out. Um, there's also a like big rough and tumble retail or um, not retail, um, like housing um, uh, developer who um, drives a Hummer and is, like, this loud, brash, uh, capitalist, like, with gusto guy who just kind of runs over everyone um, with his personality. Um, but it all takes place in small-town Wisconsin and being from Wisconsin and um, knowing a lot of people across the state. It's just really funny because he hits the Wisconsin humor, the Wisconsin dialect, just, like, everything. He, like, captures the Wisconsin... Uh, essence. Yeah, I've I've read a couple of his other nonfiction books, mm -hmm. not uh, not Population Forty Five, but yeah, no, I could see how you know with fiction he would he could really throw a lot of mm -hmm. that that stuff in there, and yeah, he really does in in the ones that I've read definitely captures Wisconsin very very well. Yeah, I'm gonna have Absolutely. to read those. It sounds really good. Yeah, I would recommend pretty much anything by him. I haven't mm -hmm. read everything by him. Um, but I've read a lot of his stuff, and it's all just fantastic. Mm -hmm. And he's a really great guy. I um, uh, met him um, at Boswell Books. He was doing a reading, and my dad and I went. And I, I didn't 
by his book to get it signed or anything and there's a huge line so we weren't gonna wait for it but I bought a book by uh, Benjamin Percy which uh, Andy had talked about Benjamin yeah. Percy's Suicide Woods on a previous episode mm-hmm. right um, and he saw that book and said and like called me out and he said Ben Percy's a great author and we chatted for a little bit and um, one thing about Ben Percy is he has an insanely deep voice like the deepest baritone voice and so then Michael Perry was uh, making fun of his voice (laughs) and he went I'm Ben Percy or something like that and uh, they're good friends they've met through their writing circles so yeah and I mean we didn't know each other and he just like called me over and and I got to meet him which was kind of neat and unexpected very relatable yeah Yeah, very relatable he does other kind of performing too doesn't he or um or he does a lot he does a lot of book readings and and stuff like that um right now i'm not sure how active he is um i don't think a lot of book readings are going on yeah but in the future if you see a michael perry book reading i would go and attend it'll be a great evening for you yeah and I don't know about you, but, like, this time of year, being close to, like, when the state fair would be, like, I get super Wisconsin-y, mm-hmm. and I'm, like, I want to do everything Wisconsin, yeah. so, like, I think now would be a good time to read a local Wisconsin author. Absolutely. Yeah, we got plenty of them, and mm-hmm. Michael Perry is, is one of the best. All right. Well, I think that's pretty much all we got for you. Thanks for listening. Uh, we'll put as many of the books as we talked about in the show notes if you want to look any of them up uh if you've read anything great let us know and uh give us a review and maybe we'll include it in a podcast episode uh we're always looking for recommendations too uh so thanks and until next time